0: on everybody welcome in to episode number 414 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We just tweeted it out just a, a few minutes ago. Twitch.tv/undergroundsportsphi is where you come to watch every Wednesday night podcast. And you already know what the hell is going down on this one. It, it's been a bountiful last month or so in terms of new athletes in Philadelphia. And for the last year or so, Matt and I have been talking about our favorite non-Philadelphia Philly. Well, guess what, guys? He's a Philly now. We're definitely talking about Nick Castellanos, this new Philly's lineup, the way things are looking. Uh, We're going to get into uh, our our eulogy for the the Claude Giroux Flyers era coming to an end. Obviously, we're going to talk about Tyrese Maxey being potentially the greatest basketball player of all time. And we'll get into our Buffs and Snuffs Survivor. Episode 2 recap and episode 3 uh, predictions and everything like that at the end of the show. But before we get started, some housekeeping business going down here. Be sure to follow us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, and Instagram. On our Twitter page, our pinned tweet, we're giving away a Nick Castellanos jersey. That number 8 jersey is going to look great as our new DH and left fielder, right fielder extraordinaire. Uh, so go to Underground PHI on Twitter. Retweet, follow. That's all you got to do to be in the running for one of the first Nick Castellanos Phillies jerseys. It's right there for the taking. Uh, Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com for all of our written content. And subscribe to the podcast feeds, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. 25 subs away from getting full video episodes of your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia shows on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe over on the YouTube. And, of course, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharme's Pro Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, the boys over at Tomahawk Shades. Guys, when you're going down to Citizens Bank Park to watch Nick Castellanos do the damn thing, you got to be rocking your Tomahawk Shades to protect your eyes from any impending doom. Uh, TomahawkShades.com. Use our code USP for 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. The boys over at Kenwood Beer, there is a Sixers game tailgate going down on april 2nd before the hornets game brought to you by the pals over at kenwood beer uncle zoe holding it down as well uh, go to kenwoodbeer.com and use the kenny tracker to see who's got kenwood beer on tap in the philadelphia area and of course you got to be 21 or older to do so and please drink responsibly new presenting sponsor of the Ends podcast bino board We've been telling you guys since they got on board, they are going to be the next man cave tailgate, you know, tabletop game. Go to Binoboard.com. That's B-I-N-H-O-B-O-A-R-D.com. It's paper football meets foosball in terms of just the mechanics and, and the game style of play. Uh, and when you use our code at checkout, BinhoUSP, that's B-I-N-H-O-U-S-P, you get 10% off your entire order at BinhoBoard.com. What's going on, man? Living the dream, you know. We uh we got our guy. We he's, got our guy. He's home. Uh beautiful video by Mama Castellanos to announce on their end that he was coming to Philadelphia. J. Cole ATM playing in the background with him in the batting cage and uh putting in the uh the signature Phillies bell ring as Nick hit the hit the one pitch that was coming his way. Nick Castellanos is a Philadelphia Philly. For the next five years at the price tag of $100 million. No opt-outs. So he's pretty much here for the remainder of his prime. And uh, he did have uh, Bryce Harper to thank in his press conference. Scott Boris also thanked John Middleton for finally getting the deal done so that Bryce Harper was not calling him four times a day every single day. Nick Castellanos is here. Kyle Schwarber is here and it seems like everybody has a, a heightened sense of excitement about the Phillies, and I don't know if you saw the news today, number 37 will not be in the Phillies lineup for the next four
1: to six weeks. Great. <laughs> That's the best news of all. Um, it's, it feels surreal having Castellanos on this team because it feels like we willed it into existence, yes. and it just it broke that way for us. Um, I was I, I didn't think we were, we were going to get him after we signed Schwarber. It just felt like we weren't going to be spending – that kind of money uh on, a, on another outfielder but here we are certainly shores up the uh, designated hitter position now you know you're gonna have plenty of options in, in that regard um one part of me wants to like fist pump the air and celebrate <laughs> and i i will do that uh one part of me though is still like if you know, 20 million a year could have gotten some really good pitching with that too and gotten We've gone all in again on this, like, offense approach, and I think have neglected the relief pitching again and the back end of the rotation, and I can't help but feel that that's going to be the ultimate frustration uh, now with just, like, new faces to get pissed off. <laughs> so that's my big worry uh, about this still is uh, this Phillies team is not, like, poised to be stopping um, any, type of, uh, any type of good offense, which is a worry.
0: Like we said when we signed Schwarber, And the Castellanos rumors were swirling around. Who needs pitching when you can score, you know, 100 runs a game? But no, I agree. Just hit dingers all day. it's hitting season. Uh, I think the bigger concern I have is more the bullpen than the rotation because at least, unlike last year when you had, you know, Matt Moore and Chase Anderson here, it was like, okay, you really have three starting pitchers. This year at least you have five guys that you know you can go into the season that have proven to be – major league capable starting pitchers and not like (sighs) bouncer like you have zach wheeler obviously you have nola you have eflin coming back from the knee injury kyle gibson he was fine last year and i think he's a quality back end of the rotation pitcher and ranger suarez is here and by all indications from everything that the uh the beat writers and everybody down in florida have said he's going to be on track to start you know on schedule which is a, a massive thing i think especially the way ranger suarez performed down the stretch last year
1: yeah he was uh, i think one of the the players of the year last year in terms of how good he was how important he ended up being you know especially like second half of the season um he was one of our only outside of like the big two one of the only pitchers that you could rely on uh to, to just not like wet his pants every time he went out there so yeah the bullpen for me is a worry i i still worry about the rotation i don't know there's there's i don't feel as confident as you do um Zach Wheeler. Do I think he'll be great again? Yes. Do I think he'll be like borderline Cy Young? It's debatable. You know, like a, you got such unreal production out of him last season. Uh, you had overall a pretty good Nola year. Like he wasn't um, sparkling, but he was still pretty good. Uh, you expect that to kind of stay the same. I don't know. I I just um I, I think that's a huge issue, and and the infield defense is still an issue too. Yeah. Like you still have Bohm who we love, and I think can take steps forward, but. He has massive, massive steps to take defensively. Uh, let alone he has to get back to hitting well because he wasn't really doing that uh for stretches last season either. But um I'm hopeful that he can do something better this year, but um I think these additions to the
0: lineup are going to help rather alleviate right. like the the existential pressure that was placed upon Alec Bohm, Spencer Howard. We've seen it time and time again where right these like quote unquote blue chip high draft picks are given these expectations to be like franchise saviors throughout this rebuild for the Phillies. And, you know, sometimes that's just not what they are. And when they perform below expectations, everybody loses their minds because it's like, Oh, this guy was the third overall pick in the draft. Why is he not a superstar? Sometimes it takes longer, but I think having the one through six that you have now behind or in front of Alec Bohm and, and some of the deficiencies offensively that uh, the rest of the lineup has, I think that'll help kind of, like, get him out of his own head where he doesn't have to really be uh, a crutch offensively for this team. And I think a lot of that, too, was Reese Hoskins getting hurt last year.
1: Yeah. Did you know Cassianis was 12th in MVP voting
0: last year? I did not. <laughs> he, I know he had a career year last year. I was yeah. looking at his stats yesterday. Yeah. and uh, a great season fantastic season
1: 12 finished 12th here's um he freddie freeman was ninth max muncie at 10 brian reynolds at 11 Cassianos at 12 Ozzy albis at 13 max Scherzer at 14 so pretty elite company to to find yourself (laughs) with i I didn't realize he was that high up um in mvp voting to i mean being almost top 10 zach wither finished 19th that's pretty damn good for a pitcher right behind manny machado wow that's pretty crazy. I did not. Uh, I did not see that coming. Wow. So yeah, your new look Phillies
0: lineup is two MVP candidates. <laughs> well, three really. <laughs> uh, a couple of World Series champs. Right. I mean, it's gonna go Schwarber, Gene Segura, Bryce Harper. Yeah. Uh, Reese Hoskins, Castellanos. Jt, that's a tough front <laughs> six to work through. Didi Gregorius, Alec Bohm, Matt Vierling. It's pretty nice. And for all intents and purposes, I think Matt Vierling was pretty serviceable last year, but you know, up at the plate hitting. Yeah, we'll see what he does defensively in center field, because um, he's going to have a chance to kind of just win that job out right now. Yeah. That that scumbag I, is I injured. Almost,
1: I almost wonder too, like. I, I don't know enough about like baseball analytics to like speak on this confidently, but I wonder if like having a designated hit or two is like influenced the Phillies decisions this offseason to invest more offensively because, you know, you don't have to, now you have the ability to like have that extra player mm-hmm. that, you know, like it's just functionally, Full play functionally play. much better. Um, I, I wonder too, if like it just takes some relief off of, pitchers knowing that they you know just yeah. focus on pitching do not have to like expend any energy or thought whatsoever on uh on working out that bad and yeah i wonder if like i wonder if there's any like number changes between um you know now we'll see like more runs in games because of the designated hitter being added i what the phillies are just like let's just lean into that yeah <laughs> just just lean full shoulder into the era now where uh, offense can take a, a a step forward. That will be
0: interesting to watch pitcher-wise for right. National League games, where normally, obviously, you're seeing your starting pitchers hit, and sometimes you see relievers have to go up and hit. But now, having that DH in there, I think is something to watch in terms of just how pitchers perform and if they go longer in games, if they're you know more locked into a game. um That'll definitely be something interesting to watch. I don't think enough people are talking about because. The DH has been around in the American League, so I'm sure people have talked about it from that aspect. But now with it being universal, I think it'll be something that National League teams will pay attention to a lot more. Right. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts like you said it seemed like we willed nick castellanos here from last july to now i also didn't realize i was watching some of his press conference today he and bryce harper were u18 team usa teammates and won a championship in 2009 together um So that's also a a big connection with this. Bryce Harper is just the man. Like, the way that he was able to kind of influence Kyle Schwarber getting here, getting Nick Castellanos here, bringing in a whole bunch, uh, a whole slew of these players. I mean, it's going to be tough when it's all said and done. You know, we'll see when and if the Phillies win another World Series anytime soon with Bryce Harper on the roster. But if they do, it's going to be tough to beat Bryce Harper as, like, one of the best all-time free agent signings. Even, yeah, off the field. Because, obviously, he gets his MVP award, which we didn't know if we'd ever see MVP Bryce again, but we did. But to be able to be that influential in organizational decisions is huge.
1: Right, yeah, it's... um. Yeah. I- Topping Bryce is going to be impossible, I think. But uh, I would love to see him touch <laughs> touch those peaks. But he's certainly like I think I don't know. He he doesn't have, and it's tough with baseball too because I think the mega stars aren't what they are in other sports yeah. necessarily. Like Bryce is like even when he wasn't at your last year's level, was still one of the faces Br- of baseball. Um, Cassianus is not really like on that like same level and really not many baseball players are uh so in terms of like i would say like the average fan maybe not as much but i think in terms of like actual impact to the team yes i think he can get in that same stratosphere yeah um yeah if you look at his numbers last year what he was able to do spectacular if he replicates that you know and the Phillies have done pretty well with these like big free agent signings uh, especially with bats like yeah <laughs> hasn't worked with pitching as much <laughs> but um when they when they go out and, and spend the money on guys it's on the whole worked um pretty well if not at least just like good you know they, yeah, I mean, they haven't they haven't missed a whole lot on on the big names even the margin names like yeah. look at a guy like brad miller like yeah pretty good
0: was a, a throw-in basically for a trade back in 2019 and now this year in free agency gets a A seven figure eight figure contract from the texas rangers you look at andrew mccutcheon i think kutch like revived his career at the plate wise this year like these past three years with the phillies and now he gets his deal with the brewers i think one of the biggest takeaways that you're going to enjoy when i say this of castellanos and shorber being here
1: we no longer have to watch jt ground out (laughs) hitting cleanup (laughs) thank god thank god yeah, I I wonder if his uh, his men on base will uh, increase. Will, will will be better or worse this year? Because J T is a perennial offender of like eleven left <sighs> on base in a game. Um, I'd like to see all those numbers. I was just looking this up just to see. Uh, there is a distinct advantage when American League teams would play against like NL teams mm-hmm. uh, with having a DH, not having a DH. Um, so having the DH seems to correlate with more runs in games, which makes sense. Makes a ton so. of sense.
0: And I think Schwarber being here is huge. One from a leadoff position standpoint. He's a guy who can mash. He hits hard. Like his first hit today in the spring training game that he played in, it was it was a ground out because of a shift, but hit the exit velocity on the hit was hundred and fourteen miles an hour. And it was an infield hit. Like That's nice. He's gonna smack the ball everywhere. Uh and I think it's huge that the Phillies new hitting coach is the guy who revived Schwarber's career with Washington.
1: Yeah. That's going to be exciting. There's, I can't believe I'm saying this. There's plenty to be excited about with the Phillies. Yes. Uh, there are still like flashing Concerns. red signs. Um, this is like, and this made me think of this cause when I was driving here, I was driving on a road that's like under construction. It's like a road that's under construction. Yes. Uh, and like, it's finally like safe to drive on. It's still incredibly bumpy and uneven and you have to like dodge cones, but it's not like completely blocked off anymore. Um, that is the like the state of this Phillies team. You're still gonna have to like grip the wheel and pay a little more attention than you'd probably like to, but uh you're at least you're at least gonna get where you're going a little bit better. At least your headlights work. Yeah, at least your headlights work. I just I still worry defensively about this team and and how they compete. I know that, you know, I just talk a little bit about how the, the run's gonna be expected to increase this year, but um you know, it I, I won't forever forget the feeling of the last two seasons and watching this team struggle. To just keep, like, again, if, if the SEMA just had an average bullpen. Yeah. You know, you're talking about probably two straight postseason appearances for the Phillies. And from there, anything can happen, right? Like, once you get in the playoffs, that's all that matters. So, um, that's the frustrating thing is that that just hasn't feel like it, it's been addressed in a meaningful way. They haven't deviated from their plan before, which is like, just, I don't know, throw some names on a dartboard and we'll see who we sign for $5 million, Yeah. figured out. Uh, I will say it is spring training, so take it with a grain of salt.
0: I think there have been two guys that have stood out bullpen wise to me. Corey Kniebel has looked fantastic. Um, and he's gonna be your closer, which having a left handed closer is also pretty interesting. Um, we'll see how that all plays out, because there's not as many, you know, lefties that guys face on a traditional basis, especially from a closer standpoint. And then Connor Brogdon's looked fantastic, and I think he's gonna be Somebody who's here for a really, really long time, and then you just put the rest of this bullpen together and see what happens. I do think now that they've gone over the luxury tax, like claps for John Middleton, way to pony up, pal, and you know dive into the pool head first. Um, I will say that I think they'll be in a different
1: tier activity-wise at the trade deadline this year. They could. Um we also kind of thought the same the last year. That this team, oh, you know, they, they just get active at the deadline. And, but
0: now that they've actually gone over the tax and they're not like trying to tread around staying below that threshold. I don't know. I,
1: I think you can see lo- the I'd, tier of trade go up. I love the theoretical aspect and it makes sense. Like, yeah, you've... You've gotten in the pool. Like, right. you now take your shirt off. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> that's that's where we're at with the Phillies. Um, I just, I'll believe it when I see it, is what I'll say. Yeah. And, you know, like, I still have, like, I, I'm still not super confident in how they're they're building this team. I know that I don't want to be the wet blanket about, like, Cassianos and, and Schwarber and all this. But, like, they're, they're still, like, very blind to the fact, it seems, that this team had historically bad bullpens. Mm-hmm and just done nothing to address that now maybe yeah the trade deadline you can make a, a bigger push and hopefully the failures are in like a, a better position than than they have been whereas you know last few years it's just been like you know maybe we get some of the deadline we make a push in you know august and we'll make a playoff run out of it or something and it just hasn't hasn't been that way you do have the expanded uh format this too. year, which which could help, of course. Um, and we might have egg on our face, too, bullpen-wise, because another guy who's looked really, really good is Sir Anthony Dominguez. Listen, I would love nothing more than to have egg on my face. I've just been, Oh, yeah. I've been burned. Twice. T- twice and, like, I don't know, 37, 38 times each season where, like, you watch a game and the Phillies are up, like, 5-1. Or it's, like, a great, like, Wheeler night and it's, like, 2-1 Phillies and then they blow it. Like, yeah. it's just... It just sucks. It, it it takes the wind out of your sails completely and uh, really demoralizes you as a fan. So I am, in a sense, ready to get hurt again with the Phillies. Oh, yeah. But I am, like, aware going into this year that this is, like, a problem and they haven't done enough for me personally to satisfy it. And it's going to take, like, they're going to have to prove it to me. They're going to have to prove that they're, they're for real and uh, that I'm not just going to get hurt again.
0: I'm going to pull up their roster now that – Wow, that's a shocking story. picture of Bryce Harper. <laughs> that's like 2011 Bryce Harper right Jeez, there. Um, let me see here. ESPN. Um, I think bullpen-wise, in terms of just, like, what I want to see is if they can, like, establish that they have three to four guys at the back end of the bullpen. Great. That's yeah. That's really what I think you and I have both been, like, yearning for is having that seven eight nine guy and then be consistent and not you know shuffling the deck around with those spots in the bullpen um but i think if jose alvarado connor brogdon uh sir anthony dominguez and then cory kniebel can be like your four relievers that you're really putting the eggs into the basket on i feel more confident about those four than i have with the 2020 bullpen iteration and last year's iteration.
1: Yes. I think that's fair. Um, I, am, I am... Call me Thomas. Because I'm going <laughs> to need to see the proof first. That's, that's what I need. I need to see it. Now, I need to, when, see it to believe. When
0: it comes to... You know, when guys don't go as long into a game.
1: Right. That's when we're going to have to see... Guys Thankfully, we on. don't have the... Uh, the... Well... Seemingly at least the cloud of COVID hanging over us, right? Yeah. Where you know you have to worry no more of those seven inning BS doubleheaders. That was the worst. That was
0: the worst. Yeah. Full nine inning doubleheaders again. When worst. those are, are back. But they did re implement Ghost Runner on second, starting in the tenth inning.
1: Don't know how I feel about that. Um, me either. I think because it doesn't affect games all that much that it's hard for me to, like, I don't feel strongly about it either way. I'm not, like, a baseball purist where it's like, you have to play yeah. it the way it was played in 1922. Like, I don't care. Um, I'm fine with, like, trying new things. Um, so I, I don't mind that that's back. I say that uh, until the Phillies lose to that right. rule, and then I'll be pissed. I would have been an cool abomination, if- And it's this is not this is not the great game that I grew up on.
0: I would have been cool if it was 10th and 11th inning, traditional extra innings rules. And then it's like, okay, we're still tied twelfth inning. We'll start with the Ghost Runner.
1: I yeah, tenth is it just seems too early. Tenth does seem a little too early. Um I, I think eleventh is probably the sweet spot because then you get like a you get a full extra innings and it's like, all right, like let's everybody even wants to go home. It's eleven thirty. <laughs> like, I will be
0: when when we're old and gray, the one that talks about Wilson Valdez in the twenty first inning coming into pitch and and locking it down for the fills see those are just like obscene (laughs) games though like vince velasquez in left field
1: the idea like the thought of staying up to like three in the morning to watch a phillies game fills me with dread like there's just no part of me that would be i wouldn't stay up at 3 a.m for a lot of things anymore (laughs) there's no part of me in my advanced age that is staying up till like two three o'clock in the morning to watch most anything yeah Also,
0: I I didn't mention this. uh, Biggest free agent signing for the Phils this week. Ronald Torres is back.
1: Yeah, like a new signing. Uh, But, Matt, this
0: is one of our favorite uh, things to do every single year. God, did I miss this. Now that the lockout is over and all of the generic tagging of the promotions. Oh, that's so cool. The the Phillies promotional schedule this season. God damn it. I'm going to have to go to opening day. (laughs) Friday, April 8th opening day fleece headband to all fans looks super dope now now i'm looking up opening day tickets (laughs) i think we might have to go (laughs) and then saturday april 9th is uh opening night even though it's a 4.05 start and the giveaway for that night matt is the bryce harper mv3 t-shirt to fans 15 and over I also might have to go to this game. Uh, let's see here. Here is the MV3 t-shirt with the uh, the logo and everything there. It's pretty Good sweet. looking shirt. Here's the headband up close. Headband's nice. Headband's sweet. That's, that's a nice headband. So April 8th and 9th, back to back. And then, of course, we get tortured with the Kids 14 and Under giveaways, the Kids opening day, windbreaker. God, the kids get all the cool shit. They stuff, get all man. the cool shit. And then we get the Philly Fanatic, I believe, the Fanatic birthday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Fanatic birthday, kids 14 and under.
1: I had to take my nephew to that one to steal the shirt. That's what that looks like to me.
0: Then we get uh, Sunday, May 8th, Mother's Day. Everybody's getting a crossbody clutch for women 15 and over. Pretty nice. Pretty nice bag. Then uh, kids 14 and under, they get the arm sleeve with the digital camo. Friday, June 10th, The Bryce Harper bobblehead night. All fans. Father's Day. Very nice. Sunday, June 12th, a little retro Phillies bucket hat. Men 15 and you over. You know what I think
1: is the best thing that they ever do is um like the last game of the season they'll do like the giveaways for like the people and like you can win every promo item in a basket that's (laughs) like the that's like besides like obviously like they always have like the 08 team signed jersey or like there was one year
0: i want to say it was 2019 they gave away one of the fanatics four-wheelers yeah i remember that that was absurd
1: Um, like the, those things obviously you want to win but like that's like if you're not winning yeah. like some big big thing like that's... give me all the game g- give me all the promo stuff that's sick <laughs> come on of course
0: the kids 14 and under get a Zach Wheeler replica jersey on Sunday July 24th yeah. Get in the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at get in the whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content, keeping you up to date on the world of golf, releasing weekly, a part of the underground sports, Philadelphia family of podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tuesday, July 26th, kids 14 and under get an MLB network tote bag with a tote bag, right? That's for adults. That's for grocery shopping.
1: Kids aren't using tote bags. Saturday,
0: August 20th, the sustainable cap. Philly's hat there. Back to school promo. JT Real Muto cooler bag. Kids 14 and under. Okay. And then there's a couple concerts mixed in here as well. Concerts don't do it for me as much. but uh, No, respect. but there is one that I'm going to... Uh... Are we
1: getting all Dollar Dog Nights out of the way by like... Oh yeah, uh, May 3rd is the last one. Jesus. <laughs> I get it. They're trying to drive people to the stadium when people... You know, yeah. Early spring is like tough <laughs> for that, but... You can't get one in like July right. or something, you know? Like, <laughs> We do get Mike Trout
0: at Citizens Bank Park this year, so that'll be a, a doozy. Uh, where is this one? The the Millville crowd will love that. Yes. There is a concert this year that is absolutely absurd, and it's after a Mets game on a Friday night. I love the 90s post-game concert featuring Vanilla Ice, Tone Lock, Rob Bass, and
1: DJ Jazzy Jeff. Presented by Jim Beam. (laughs) Um, wow. That's quite a list. Those are people that make music. Can you imagine... Friday night,
0: South Philly, if the Phils beat the Mets, and then Vanilla Ice is coming out. That's obscene.
1: I I (laughs) shudder at the thought of the people that are, like, adamant about making it to that one. That's a worry. Fan Appreciation Day is Sunday, September 25th.
0: Of course, fans are getting a fleece blanket that are 14 and under. Star Wars night is is back. Blankets and totes. Come on. Alumni
1: Weekends against the Nationals this year. Great. Uh, my favorite ever uh, concert bit with the Phillies was Diplo was playing yes. after a concert, and I was listening to like the radio broadcast. Like Diplo sounds like a, a pitcher stat. Like, <laughs> What's his Diplo this year? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite bit ever. I think about that all the time. Star Wars night. I wonder what they're doing there. That's pretty cool. That is pretty sweet.
0: Boba Fett beanie.
1: Uh, well, now I gotta convince my wife to go to a. Uh opening uh yeah opening day opening day baseball totally down
0: to clown for opening day um but yeah we love going through the promotional schedule there and it's fun opening opening day w- might be pretty cool too because the phillies are playing the athletics and they might be facing uh our guy Cole Irvin. yeah shout out the a's Uh, so that's the fills right now. We'll see, uh, what happens. There are a plethora of pitchers being thrown around in trade rumors. Don't know if the Phillies will get involved. I doubt it. Um, mostly because there's not that much for them to trade, uh, at this point, but we'll see. There, there's a bunch of tanking teams that are trying to shed even more payroll. Matt, I saw this tweet that Jock Peterson threw out on the timeline newly signed uh san francisco giant jock peterson he tweeted embarrassed for your fan base be better if you can't sell your team to somebody that wants to mm. show the fan base in baseball they're at least trying to compete sorry unacceptable so this is 2022's total payroll the top three and the bottom three top three i'm sure you can guess the uh the usual suspects it's the dodgers the mets and the Yankees. Yeah. The Dodgers two hundred seventy million one hundred fifty-eight thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars. The Mets two hundred forty-nine million ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine, and the Yankees at two hundred thirty-five million nine hundred forty thousand seven
1: hundred fourteen. Your bottom three, can you guess the teams? Um, so I saw this, but I'm forgetting. I know the Pirates are on there. Pirates are number twenty-nine. Aren't the Athletics on there? They are not, surprisingly. Uh the Guardians now. Guardians are number twenty eight. And oh man. Matt, you should have remembered. Uh the Marlins aren't that low, right?
0: No. The
1: Marlins are not that low. I'm blank on the last it one. It is the
0: Baltimore Orioles. Right.
1: There it is. The Guardians at
0: thirty five million six hundred thousand. Right. The Pirates at thirty five million two hundred and fifty thousand. And the Orioles at thirty million three hundred sixteen thousand six hundred sixty-six, and to put that in perspective, the Orioles' total payroll for twenty twenty-two is about ten point three million dollars more than what Nick Castellanos is making this year from the Phillies. That's just crazy, honestly.
1: Like, I just, what are we doing? Doesn't matter. There's, that no, is, there's no cap floor. There's no. There's no incentive at all to be good because it still prints money.
0: That is like the. One of the biggest issues with baseball is the bottom floor teams, and that's why I say relegation should be in every sport. Be fantastic. Call up three minor league teams. Yeah. Um But that's the problem: is is you have teams like the Pirates and the Orioles, and now Cleveland, who just you know five years ago was in the World Series, yeah. are operating like like oh we're we're so poor. Even the Orioles have like like once a decade have yeah like, a, like they a, had a, a nice little stretch run. run um the pirates had stuff. their run with mccutcheon
1: pirates i feel in my lifetime have besides like a few of those mccutcheon years though but i never felt like they were like actual yeah. contenders um but at least they pirates were in my playoffs. lifetime have never been like a great team i can remember obviously like the guardians having good years and the is having good years but
0: you think about some of the players that were on the pirates during their little it's kind run, of insane like mccutcheon garrett cole uh Gregory Polanco who's now playing overseas which is crazy to me Starling Marte like they had players and now they're just
1: an absolute dumpster fire it's unreal it's I mean I I feel for the fans of those teams too because it's like <laughs> you're going every year just yeah. like you have no, what do you I don't know like what are you going to games hoping for right you know like what are you what are you gearing up for like what is spring training like for a Pirates <sighs> fan I don't know it's just tough And I think we're just, like,
0: sickos where we went through the process with the Sixers and going through Philly Spring Training, it was like, okay, we kind of see a plan. And then, like, as the years have gone on, it's been like, okay, some of this hasn't panned out. Let's figure it out.
1: Yeah, at least there's always been, like, some direction forward. But with those organizations, like, especially the Orioles and the Pirates, it doesn't feel like there's any any real sign that they're like building in any kind of way and the guardians are constantly letting players go as well which has to be frustrating like i just it sucks i I have to imagine it sucks for the fans too it's it's not fair to like have your uh have something that brings you joy like just like ripped from you from some billionaire
0: sell your teams um let's uh let's Give our eulogy to the Claude Giroux Flyers era. It's brought to you by our first ever Get in the Hole podcast live event at the Eastland Golf Course and Double Eagle Saloon going down April 10th and 11th. Come on out April 10th for Masters Sunday. We're going to be at the Double Eagle Saloon. Steven McAvoy, John Mavalia coming down from Long Island for a live Masters Sunday watch-along. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be at the Double Eagle holding it down. Come through. Be a friend. Tell a friend. We want to pack that place as much as possible uh, for Master Sunday, one of the most electric sporting events and sporting days of the year. Uh, And then, of course, the following day, April 11th, we'll be at Eastland Golf Course, 930 a.m. for the grand reopening of their course. It's now a nine-hole course, uh, and you can play with every club in your bag. It's gonna be difficult. Thirty-six hundred yard, nine hole course, and uh, rumor has it, allegedly newly inducted Hall of Famer Dick Vermeil will be in the building. So come on out. We're gonna be doing live podcasts on Monday, uh, and we're gonna be hanging out at Eastland Golf Course that entire weekend. So come on out, hang out with us, and uh, enjoy the very first Get in the Hole podcast live event. Matt Claude Roux gets traded. The end of an era has officially come. And the amount of people I Jesus. saw on the Twitter machine saying like that it was Drew's fault, all this stuff. Sure, does he have some to blame? Of course. Every player has some blame in, in not delivering in the playoffs. But the fact that the Flyers never delivered with him as kind of the focal point of this team in the amount of time he
1: was here is absurd. <sighs> I can't believe he's in Florida of all places. Of all <laughs> places. And that's where he wanted to go. Got to root for the goddamn Panthers. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. Can't believe it. Um end of an era for sure. One of the greatest flyers I've seen in my lifetime. One of the longest serving at the top level Philly athletes that we've had in my lifetime. When you consider how good he was for how long he did it. uh, Very uh, uncommon to have that. The only guy that I think is going to come close is Bryson Embiid. um, And only one of those is drafted, you know, like, like you had with Drew. So yeah, it's, it sucks. It hurts. Um, I'm glad he got the deal that was best for him. Um, obviously the return that we got for Drew is not outstanding, but it wasn't about that. It was about making sure he got to where he wanted to be. And now i have to root for the Florida Panthers, which is um a real change for me, but I'll do my best.
0: Uh and of course, you know, with any transaction involving a marquee Philadelphia flyer, Ginger has to come back. Right. It's the it's the tax. It is it is the way. Um But yeah, apparently the the Florida Panthers are the only team that the Flyers had conversations with. Drew turned down uh, any offers from Boston and New York. And then apparently they never had conversations with the Colorado Avalanche, which is pretty wild. Um, But yeah, Drew now a Florida Panther, which leads me to ask you this question, man. It's brought to you by our pals over at Pickup. Go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, rack up points on your fan profile, cash them in for prizes at playpickup.com. Will the Florida
1: Panthers win the Stanley Cup this year? Um. See, I'm trying to think how much that would hurt me because seeing Drew immediately go two months later lift the Stanley Cup would hurt in a... Like, you break up with your ex, and like, they yeah. find the person in their dreams right away. And it ended amicably. Like, it wasn't like, yeah. uh, you know, terrible breakup. It was like, you know, we're just going separate ways. Um, there's a party that's like, should have been me. Yeah. That should be my happy ending. Right. <laughs> um, but then there's a party that is happy for Claude. So, on an emotional level, I think it would be hard to take. Um, I don't know that they will, though. I, I can't pretend like I've been watching a ton of hockey yeah. this year and and feel strongly about like whatever team. I know with hockey it's a dumb sport. Uh and I mean that in the best way possible, in which the best team does not always win. Right. <laughs> Sometimes they get swept in the first round. <laughs> um so I don't I don't know. I would I would love to see it though. I would bet on the field. <laughs> yes, <laughs> given the option, I know the Panthers have been good this year. That's part of the the reason for him, for him going there. But um, I think I I would take everyone else if given the given the option.
0: And then the other uh, the other prop I have for you because a lot of people are speculating that this may happen. Drew's a free agent at the end of the year. You think he resigns with the? Uh, it's it's
1: people just wish casting. <laughs> it's people. People love to to hope for that kind of stuff, and it just no. I think it's over. I think I think he'll he'll go where he wants, go where his family wants. Maybe stay in Florida, but uh, you know you just got to move on. I think that's that's what we have to do now to yeah. be, put on a brave face and move forward into tank dark. <laughs> dark uncertainty
0: <laughs> can you uh can you now name the longest tenured philly athlete
1: longest tenured philly athlete wow uh not off the top of my head i cannot it is super bowl hero brandon graham there we go i wasn't even thinking of an eagle <laughs> like, it's I wild not, to think that an eagle like during was not this even, not even thinking of an eagle on that one wow how long has Brandon Graham been? He was drafted in 2011. Damn. That's a long career for an NFL player, too. 11 good years. <sighs> Tough scenes, dude. Tough. Tough scenes. Or no, I'm sorry. Brandon Graham
0: was 2010. He was 2010. Jason Kelsey was 2011. And then Fletcher Cox, newly re-signed Fletcher Cox, yeah, was 2012. Um, Tyrese Maxey, though. He might be one of those guys that's here for a a long time. What a joy he is. What a block. The heat killer. What a block. We all know the traditional Big Four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest-growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me. Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Cremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse, right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Something about Doc Rivers' brain operates differently when he doesn't sure have does. superstars in the lineup. Sure does. The fact that they beat that Heat team with no Joel Embiid, no James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey just goes absolutely nuclear was a beautiful thing to see.
1: Yeah, they attacked Tyler Hero, which uh, I don't know. It's it, Maybe when teams do it to us, they attack like our main weakness. Right. Maybe we could like do that to other teams. Like It's like the first time I've ever seen Doc do that. Play on mismatches, which apparently he didn't even do. Apparently Shake just did that. On his own, um, which should automatically give Shake playoff rotation minutes. No, he's actually going to get cut. Yeah, uh, for that, for it's James funny. Ennis, it's on, it's unreal. Doc is a menace, and man, <laughs> it's it's a great win though. Like all things considered, when you, when you point out the fact that Harden and Bede weren't there, um, you know what's weird is like I feel like there's been a lot of negativity about the Sixers, especially like nationally. People talk about how. Oh, they haven't looked great. They've been, like, very good with Harden and Bede. Obviously, yeah. like, the big matchups haven't gone favorably. I think really it's, like, the humiliation of the Nets game is what everyone's, like, mm-hmm. mind has been stuck to, but everything else has been pretty good. Yeah. Um, kind of as advertised. I don't know, like, a lot of the... It's a lot of, like, muckraking about the Sixers, which I just haven't appreciated <laughs> all that much because it's, like, it's a little exhausting. But I would rather be the team that everyone is dogging on rather mm-hmm. than be everyone's pick to like be the favorites because last year we were we were a lot of people's pick to come out of the east and i did not like that feeling um i would prefer to be the team that everyone's kind of spitting on through the door that's fine i'll live with that fuck your one seats (laughs) (laughs) yeah one seats for us don't work actually so it's insane let's let's see how let's see how those other ones work for us play
0: uh the Monstars tonight in la
1: no uh no lebron no lebron ducking Ducking the game. Shame. What a shame! Also, I
0: I love the post game, tweet digging of all the, the Heat Twitter people, <laughs> claiming Joel Embiid, and James Harden were ducking the Heat, and that also reaching the the depths of the national media as well, and we just absolutely eviscerated them. Um. Tyrese Maxey though, what a what a joy, what a gem. And it's finally fun to have like enjoyable guard play on this Sixers team.
1: What a, what a dramatic shift.
0: <laughs> like, it's the first time since,
1: like, Allen Iverson. It is. <laughs> like, <laughs> being lost in the desert and finding your oasis. <laughs> it's, like, just unbelievable. It's unreal. It is crazy. We were never asking for much either. No. We were asking for someone who could dribble, pass, and shoot. Not even We didn't even, like, need it to be at an elite level. Right. Just, like, someone that could do those things. The amount of years we've
0: gone through without a point guard who could shoot unreal, has been terrorizing. And now we have him. And the fact that it's all because of Mike Muscala just makes it that much more
1: Sixery and hilarious. It would not be a Sixers, like, come up without some, like, abstract niche hero at the center of it and this like wi- like like that like wikipedia hole where you like find those like random events or things like that is how the six any good thing that has ever happened to sixers has been born from a, a an abstract wikipedia article yes. that's that's just the rules that's how it goes
0: it is it's really stupid to understand the fact that we went from 2016 we went six, seven years without a point guard, who could shoot? And now we have James Harden and Tyrese Maxey, who I was looking at Maxey's draft class. Arguably he could go down as the best pick in that draft. If you're redoing that draft, he's
1: certainly not falling to like <laughs> <his laughs> it's it's even on draft night he was not someone that um I did not see projected falling Really, uh, it's it's funny, and I mean, it's become like that image now too of like the Heat taking precious over him. But um, a lot of mock drafts did have the Heat taking Maxi, so it was it was surprising that he uh, that it ended up that way. Like it's funny, like
0: it's it's like that tweet. Like all dudes do is go back and relook at the twenty twelve NFL draft. Like it's it's rare that you go back and look two years ago, but like Tyrese Maxi's playing better than. 99%
1: 99% of this draft yeah there's there's only a few names that are, are like, definitively ahead of him um and it's only been a few years right so you know there's still time for players to like you have anthony edwards, anthony edwards anthony edwards lamello uh patrick williams probably um those are the guys that are definitively i would say and, and Halliburton is probably still going ahead of maxi but outside of that, I mean, like you're yeah, you're talking about like a top seven, top crazy eight guy for sure,
0: potentially top five. Yeah. Also, love seeing Sadiq Bey go absolutely nuclear. Like all of his Villanova teammates are tweeting about this too. <laughs> it was like, of course, Sadiq dropped a fifty burger when March Madness is going. It's on. kind of amazing
1: though, like how good the Villanova guys have done in the NBA. I don't know if that gets enough credit. Um, that there's no like true superstars Mm -hmm. right but i mean like you look at like nova players they have good long-standing nba careers which is which is good and even over what the last five years now you have
0: mikhail bridges right jalen brunson rg diakno stuck around you know on on 10-day contracts and he was with the bulls for a little bit divincenzo wins a championship last year
1: divincenzo is like a a core piece
0: like (laughs) (laughs) and then gets traded this year yeah um Sadiq Bay is playing really well with Detroit, and now you know potentially there's like three or four guys on this current Villanova team yeah. that are playing really well in the tournament that could get drafted. And they're not done yet. Exactly. Um,
1: how have you enjoyed
0: March Madness?
1: Um, well, I'll tell you this: uh, not a great feeling watching one of your teams in your uh, in your finals get dusted by St. Peter's. That oh, was you not... mean your champion that you yeah, picked? Tell you. <laughs> Tell you that's a tough. Ugh. That's a tough feeling. Overall, it's been good. I have tried to let myself not get too wrapped up in my brag at being uh, not what I wanted it to be, yes. and just enjoy what it was. Um, I think this Sweet Sixteen is great because you have a little bit of everything. If you like a Cinderella story, you have that. If you like the traditional like powerhouses, there's plenty to like pick from. Uh, there's good matchups there's some like double digit seeds still like besides even St. Peter's like you have you have there's a number of them. You have a lot to work with uh in this sweet 16. So I'm looking forward to that. Um my bracket is still technically alive. I can I can still make things work. I just need, need things to go a little bit well for me, but I'm not I'm not completely out of hope, which is you kind of you really just want to go into the sweet 16 having a chance. Right. That's that's all you want. You just you want your champion still there and like at least two of your final four and mm-hmm. you're like all right. I can at least convince myself that I can win.
0: Yeah. The only region being the West region to have 1, 2, 3, and 4 make it out. (laughs) Every other region is some collection of just craziness. Like, the East is 3, 4, 8, and 15. Excuse me. The South is 1, 2, 5, and 11. And then the Midwest is 1,
1: 4, 10, and 11. Two eleven seeds. Yeah, Yeah, it's, uh, you know, like every, you know what sucks about March Madness? Every year, like, I should have why didn't I not see that coming? Yes. But the thing is, none of it makes sense. Never. Because, you know, they tell you all the time, like, you know, oh, you really, you want a team that wins its conference tournament. But do you? That Virginia Tech, flat. Which I was bad. very bummed Iowa. About. Looked flat, bad. You're like, okay. So do I not? I I don't want the conference tournament winner. I you know like, it's it's so hit or miss with that kind of stuff. It's crazy. There's and I I think you know people throw all the numbers out, they throw all the analytics. When this team has this on Ken Palm, they're this this. At the end of the day, it is just chaos and it's all luck. So don't beat yourself up if your bracket's not doing well. Doesn't mean you're an idiot. You know, it's all it's it's randomness. Don't hit yourself too much.
0: Exactly. Just enjoy the ride, and uh, we got a nice little in-house rivalry going on uh, on Thursday. So by the time you guys are listening to this, Thursday night, DJ and I, Villanova, Michigan, it's gonna be a doozy because we have a podcast to record after that game. Um, so that'll be a ton of fun. Quick hits, uh, the NFL is absolutely on just, like, all types of drugs. Yes. Don't know what it is. Matt, your Dolphins acquiring not my the dolphins. cheetah. <laughs>
1: not my Dolphins. It's a not-my-Dolphins move. Not thrilled with their uh, – with any of it. <laughs> um, didn't like them uh, batting their eyes at Deshaun Watson. Uh, didn't like the Brian Flores situation, which is obviously still – Ongoing, ongoing, and uh, can't say I'm interested in rooting for Tyreek Hill <laughs> personally. So uh, that sucks. <laughs> but if you're looking at it without the moral lens, they do have a loaded offense, and this is a a make or break it year for uh, for two and now. Yeah. Who well, I believe in, by the way. I think. Me too. I think the two eight is a little. Do I? Can he? not live up to that expectation absolutely but i feel like people have counted two out i think uh a little unfairly in my in my opinion my personal opinion but yeah it's um i mean we talked about it last week i was like damn this feels like a really crazy nfl offseason and since then there's been like i don't know seven more trades like (laughs) matt ryan's a cult just insane stuff yeah matt ryan gone um yeah yeah deshaun watson now on a uh on the Browns. Cleveland, the, now
0: the most hated city in the NFL. He
1: had the Baker drama, which is still unfolding still as well. Jimmy Garoppolo, still not traded. Yeah, but he is in that Subway commercial, yes. so good for him. Uh, he, I, let me tell you, I know that he has a proclivity to hang out and date some uh, adult film stars. Hey. Similar level of acting chops, I would say, with with Jimmy G. Not <laughs> totally impressed with his acting ability. uh, When his Nona tells him that she doesn't cook, he's like, what? (laughs) Come on, Jimmy, you can do better than that, I'm sure of it. (laughs) Surely you can say what more convincingly.
0: (laughs) The uh, the fun local aspect as well with the draft right around the corner, Uh, Isaiah Pacheco did work out for the Eagles at Rutgers Pro Day, and he has a private workout with the Denver Broncos next month. He put up... 225 pounds on the bench press met 27 times Jesus. <laughs> to go along with his tied for fastest 40 yard dash the combine for all the running backs so Isaiah is uh, moving on up the draft boards if you will absolutely <laughs>
1: Top bins, top tier commentary, top drawer, upper 90, you already down. know, <laughs> you already time, know. It? I think that's we, how it we, always we went goes. We like 45 previous, like, minutes and we are at like Chelsea. <laughs> we <were talking laughs> about- what are we doing? <laughs>
0: Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt and we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today.
1: Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back.
0: Now let's get into uh, the buffs and stuff. Survivor uh, breakdown here, brought to you by our new pals over at Trophy Smack. Now I will preface this: they are working on fixing our affiliate link that is linked in the description of every podcast episode, so don't worry; it should be fixed very, very soon. But our pals over at Trophy Smack, as seen on Shark Tank, a Mark Cuban invested company. uh, Their their whole mantra is: think back to every fantasy week you destroyed the competition. Remember, every painstaking roster move where you made the perfect gamble. At Trophy Smack, we bottle every great moment of your fantasy life and distill them to create our extraordinary fantasy trophies. Cool story, right? Not quite. Your league's been rocking the same tired trophy they found behind the local Karate for Kids class for years. It's time to change. You pop online to find the most in-your-face trophy to really rub your greatness in. Quote, But why do all these boring trophies look the same, you ask? We ask that same question January 2018, around the same time we got started uh, when Trophy Smack came to be, and now here you are. Finally, a unique and customizable fantasy trophy to represent your hard-earned victory. Each season, the winner can keep the custom topper and plaque to remember that feeling of being number one. And with our team of creative geniuses releasing new toppers throughout the year, rest assured, your league will thank you for years to come. They're exclusive swap tops, four anonized metal custom colors, and 26-inch to 56-inch sizes combined for over a 1,000 unique fantasy trophy combinations. So go ahead, feast your eyes, be the architect of your own greatness, and level up your fantasy smack talk with Trophy Smack today. They got belts, they got rings, they got trophies. And if you've got uh, Michael Fabiano endorsing you in the fantasy realm, you're pretty damn good. So go to TrophySmack.com. Use our link in the description uh, to help support the show. Matt, last week's Survivor was uh, quite a doozy, quite emotional, and uh, we're still alive with both of our castaways, though,
1: which is what matters most. Yes. Uh, Mike found the uh, the idol last week. I Promptly forgot where he buried it. Did it? Uh. Not great.
0: Did it? Did it hurt? <laughs> Hearing him say that uh soccer's not a sport.
1: Yeah, it was a little <laughs> I said I said to Sarah when I was watching, it, I was like, Mike's working himself down a tier a little bit. Um, for me personally. That hurt. You know what? I get it, he's a football guy. You know what's weird? North Jersey's great at soccer. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's what's weird about it. I know they're also good at football. They're good at a lot of sports, but North Jersey soccer's like very, <laughs> very good. It's not like it's like niche up there. Right. Um like it's a really <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good like factory like boys and girls men's exactly. and women's like soccer up north jersey is like very good so i don't know i don't know what happened to, to poor old mike but um yeah that was a tough scene um man tough week for mike yeah. <laughs> is what i'll say yeah um a little, little worried about my pick for him because he just a little confident in the oversharing uh, giving away a lot of information. I understand his logic, and it's hard, easy for us to say, but um, Daniel seemed v- licking his, sh- his oh, chops at, at getting, like, this information from him. That idle advantage, too, is just uh, – I hesitate to even call it an advantage. Yeah. Um, people plotting on Drea, right, um, which is not not great because we liked Drea, Swati, and, uh, and Tori. True really really circling there which is not <laughs> ideal um yeah it's it was a an average episode I would say nothing uh nothing crazy happened didn't feel didn't feel that there was anything uh, above the bars it was, it was a, another just normal survivor episode but
0: Mariah goes home
1: Mariah goes home didn't feel that I, like, yeah <laughs> it's it's hard this early in the season. It's hard to really get attached to players. Uh, another player playing their shot in the dark, though, yes. and to, for the right reason, um, had every reason to play it because they were they they were going home. Um, one of these times, it's going to land. I wonder if they're going to like lower the odds to be like, "All right, let's make it one out of five. Like, because <laughs> it just one? Let's go. <laughs> Jeff Probst. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of who it was a good episode for, who it was a bad episode for. Um, I gotta say, I I didn't care much for Swati, but she does. I think it was a good episode for her and Tori mm-hmm. in that they're um, they're thinking a little bit ahead here, and that's that's good to see. I, I like seeing that. Jonathan impresses me. Yes. Uh, with his just like care and charisma yeah. and um, his awareness too. Like he has a lot of good traits yes. that you would want out of like someone a, a good Survivor player. Uh, he understands, like, what his weaknesses are, which is good. Him and Omar have, like, a good uh, good alliance, it seems, or at least a good understanding between the two of them. And, yeah, he's talked about how Omar's, like, a little smarter than him, but he's obviously strong. But, you know, like, they they balance each other out very well. And I think if you can be, like, self-reflective about your own weaknesses and find someone that you know, fills some holes maybe that you have, that's, that's a good player. Someone tweeted the
0: clip of Omar claiming that... Uh... He peed sitting down until he was like twenty one or whatever. That
1: was uh an astonishing admission. And I he, have to he say. quote tweeted and said, Well yeah, well
0: what about it?
1: <laughs> you I, gotta own it. If you're gonna if you're gonna say that on national
0: television, you gotta own it. I think the most impressive player for me last week was Lydia. Her taking on the reins of being like the caller during that challenge and leading the Green Tribe to immunity was very unexpected, number one, just by like how she's portrayed herself so far into right. this season but then for her to just be like dynamic vocal leader was pretty badass
1: yeah i was not expecting that uh that was a throwback challenge too. we haven't seen yeah. like the uh blindfold your your drive and had to like direct traffic in a while so i liked that i like that we're we're getting we're getting some mixins from from uh some previous seasons
0: yeah that's a lot of fun um so we're, we'll go with our three up three down Whew, man
1: tough I don't even remember if it was my three up or three down were last week. Um I think I think Dre sells be in my three up. I think she's still strong, worried about the fact that Swati and Tori are like on her case a little bit. Yeah. Um kinda wanna move Jonathan into my, my three up. Yeah. I like I just like everything I'm seeing out of him. And I want to say Jenny was in my three up last week. So. And I don't I didn't see anything to change my mind about that. So I'm I'm keeping that pat uh for right now for my three up
0: my three up i'm gonna go with jonathan i'm gonna go with lydia and my final one um this is gonna play into the 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 three you know key phrases of survivor outwit i'll play out last high doing what he had to do to just like survive Yeah, yeah good for high uh was i think crucial just to his game alone so i'm gonna put high in my my top three
1: um, my three down Chanel seems unfortunately like a background character at this moment now Erica this early in the season last year also seemed like yes. a background character so I hesitate on uh, bouncing anyone down fast
0: forward Chanel's breaking an
1: hourglass <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I the the times that we saw Chanel didn't didn't love it it's hard this early in the season still to like you know, you have so much time still to move move up or down. is uh, still in my bottom three, despite being one of my survivor players, just because I think his his personality seems to run people the wrong way. Um, Daniel climbs out of the bottom three for me. I'm trying to think who's in my – who's really definitively in that bottom three. God, part of me wants to put Mike in the bottom three because he's really worrying me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, looking at the people left. I'm, like, kind of – He's painted a big target on himself, and I don't yeah. think he's quite realized that. And, again, you know, you don't have a vote for, like, a very long time. Yeah. Um it's kind kind of thing Mike has to be in the bottom three. It's yeah. a bad spot to find yourself in it's right very now. very tough. Uh, and I don't think he realizes that – I don't think Mike's, like, a bad person or bad player, but I think he thinks that he has stronger ties than maybe he actually does. Yeah. I don't think he's quite expecting, like, Daniel to, like – be ready to like cut bait or use that information to get Mike out. You know, like
0: I think the big positive for Mike right now is that the green drive is just stupid. Good at challenges. Yes. So
1: if you can just survive, get, get to the merge, literally like unscathed, you'll good for
0: be you. good. Uh, I think my bottom three, it's going to be, I agree with your Chanel take. So I'll put Chanel there. Um, I'm going to say, Man, um, as much as it pains me because he's one of my guys, I'm gonna say Omar. Um, mostly because, like, yeah, it was it was good like screen time for him last week, but it made him portrayed to be kind of a weaker player on a tribe that's losing challenges. And I think he could be on the chopping block if his tribe loses again. Uh, and then I will also go with Roxroy. In my bottom three. So that's our three up, three down for Survivor 42. Be sure to follow at Buffs and Snuffs on the Twitter machine as we live tweet every single episode, which we're going to go do now. Uh, so be sure to follow us on the socials at Underground PHI Twitter and Instagram. Follow Matt at Matt Castorina on Twitter. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Christian's Oscars preview should be up. Uh, going into this weekend as the Oscars go down on Sunday. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast feeds, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how hype you are for Nick Castellanos to be a Philadelphia Philly. Uh, and, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. We're 25 subscribers away from full video episodes of your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast being available to watch uh, on our YouTube channel. Go enter our Nick Castellanos jersey giveaway on our Twitter. It's our pinned tweet. And uh big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Maine Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Our pals over at Pickup, go to playpickup.com and start playing the hottest headlines in sports, which by the end of the week, Matt and I's favorite prop, the NL East run differentials best and worst, will be up on their website for you guys to play along with us all season long. So go to playpickup.com now and start playing the hottest headlines in sports. Tomahawk Shades, go to tomahawkshades.com and use promo code USP for 25% off your entire order at tomahawkshades.com. Kenwood Beer. Be sure to head out to the Kenwood Beer tailgate before the Sixers and Hornets uh, game on Saturday, April 2nd. And use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area at KenwoodBeer.com. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Plus our pals over at Bino Board. Go to BinoBoard.com. That's B-I-N-H-O-B-O-A-R-D.com. And use our code BINOUSP. B-I-N-H-O-U-S-P for 10% off your entire order from our pals over at Bino Board. This has been the Nick Castellanos is a Philadelphia Philly celebration episode, episode number 414 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB, and until next week, right here on twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI, we will see you guys. Peace.